Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome for, to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. Um, I am so happy to be back with you this week. We are live today, so... Um, if you'd like to chat with me or have a fun guest today, um, Dr. Don Azevedo, and he is a relationship expert and particularly a uh, conflict expert, uh, which we're going to talk more about. So if you would like to um, chat with us, send us an email through uh, the show page um, or give us a call. Um, also, I'm on TikTok, everyone. <laughs> I mean, uh, since I started this endeavor, um, you know, I've been hearing, well, you know, you should really be on TikTok. You should really be on TikTok. And, you know, I'm in my fifties and I was a little afraid and you hear all kinds of things about TikTok, but, you know, doing this show, one of the things that bubbled up for me is when on the days I don't talk to you, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and so <laughs> Don's laughing. And so I found myself thinking, well, I kind of want to talk to you every day. And, and then I did a little, um, I work with a coaching, uh, firm to help me, you know, with my business and everything. And, um, the founder of the firm, who's just this sort of wonderful, inspiring guy, uh, did a little internal training on TikTok and showed us how to do it. And, you know, talked about consistency and all the things that are important on TikTok. And one of the things he recommended, and I'm just going to quickly share that with you is it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. In fact, it's better if it's not perfect, just do it, just do it. And so he walked us through, through how to do it. And then he said, okay, now post that. And, and right. And then he's like, okay, how many of you are actually going to do that? So I did that. I posted it and I've just been doing my TikToks every day as instructed and um, I enjoy it and I get to talk to you every day. And so you can find me there um, under my name, Kirsten Johansson or at coach Kirsten. Um, also, um, I've talked to you about this a few times. If you're having trouble sleeping, um, as I was, and sometimes still do, I had a great experience and continue to have a great experience, um, with stellar sleep. It's an app. Um, and I have a partnership with them now. And so you can get a nice 30% discount on the stellar sleep app by going to stellarsleep.com slash GTO. Um, and then quickly, um, and and then I want to get on to Dawn. Um, okay. So I am getting ready to go back to Malta. Um, I talk about that quite a bit. My life is I, I go back and forth between the Oregon coast and the Island of Malta. And when I'm out and about it, it's one of the things that seems to be most interesting to people. And so I decided that, um, given that I have another trip, um, coming up, uh, that I'm going to do a couple of shows for you. One on travel which was the inception, you know, which kind of brought, brought the inception of that dream um, of international living that I carried in my spirit for many years before I actually started to do it. And then I'm going to do a show on international living and kind of what I went through and what I continue to experience um, as I'm living that dream. So those will be the next couple of shows. Okay. So I have a super fun guest. Um, and if you didn't catch it, I did his show a couple of weeks ago. It's called the relationship road trip. And the episode we did is called adjusting your mirrors. And it's about your relationship with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Don Azevedo. Welcome, Don. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Kirsten. It's so nice to see you again. We were having such a fun chat before the show started. It was hard to tear it was hard to tear myself away from it. <laughs> well, we'll just continue the chat now and we'll include a whole lot more people. Great. We seem we always seem to have no shortage of things to um to talk about. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, um, so today's topic is friendships. And before we get into that topic, I just want to tell everyone a little bit more about you. Um, Dr. Don Azevedo has enjoyed a long career in clinical psychology. He has practiced in a variety of settings from hospitals to combat zones, to corporate boardrooms, to family businesses, to individual and group practices. He specializes in leadership development in the corporate world and marital therapy in the private world. He has trained in a number of models of marital therapy um, and seeks to repair marriages and families where he can. He's a certified discernment counselor, a process developed by Dr. Bill Doherty for couples struggling to decide if they want marital therapy or a path to divorce. He is a certified collaborative divorce coach who works with couples who have chosen the path of divorce and wish to do so with dignity and grace. Bottom line, Dr. Azevedo is all about relationships, whether it is with yourself, your spouse, your children, your family of origin, friends, or your work colleagues. In his spare time, he enjoys traveling with his wife of 40 years, hosting a podcast about relationships, and doing voiceover projects that come his way. Wow, Don. Thank you, Kirsten. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd spent a wonderful life. And the, the tagline to my company is create a life worth celebrating. Can't have that as a tagline unless I try and do it for myself. So, you know, I'm right with you there. I my, you know, I'm like I I I uh, teach people to silence their inner critic and accept themselves unconditionally. Uh huh. Yep. You can't do <laughs> yeah. that unless you do it. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um. um so I'm curious. Um, we were, um, and I promise y'all, I promise we're going to talk about friendships, but before we started the show, we were just talking about your busy practice and, um, kind of what you do with couples. And I'm, I'm curious what drew you particularly to helping people with conflict. Um, all right. So, uh, I am the child of, uh, immigrant folk. Uh, my mother comes from Brazil, my father from Portugal. Um, mm. It's a different world. Uh, for that, I'm a first-generation American. I grew up at a time where integration was just beginning to happen. Well, not to, just beginning to happen in the area that I was in. It had been happening for a couple of years. So being different in any way makes life um, fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I am not a huge man. I'm not a six-foot-six dude you know, with shoulders that don't get through the door. I'm five, seven, kind of an average kind of guy. So I, I'm not going to fight my way through anything. So managing conflict, learning how to talk about it was important. My house also was filled with conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody had an opinion or five and wanted to get that across in whatever language they could do so. So it's a little chaotic. <laughs> finding the pathway through that, finding peace, being able to disconnect the conflict around me was just part of who I was from the very beginning. Wow. And, and at what point did you know, cause when we talked before, I think you became a doctor um, in your twenties, did you not? You had a doctorate in your twenties. So did you, did you kind of 
having started that as a, as a kid and developing those skills for yourself, did you know pretty early on that that's what you wanted to help other people with? No, as a matter of fact, I went to college as an aerospace engineer. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So no, I didn't know that. That was just breathing to me. I didn't even know that that existed because that's just what I always did always had to do um, to find my peaceful way through the world. I had to manage other people's conflict, <laughs> um, certainly conflict with me. But yeah, so <sighs> I didn't know that. I, so I went into college thinking, I'm going to be an aerospace engineer. I love engineering. Actually, I was going to work in the ocean, um, but it's the same, same deal. Uh, loved it. And I actually loved engineering. I happened to have a situation where I... Um, I found a, a fellow cadet. I was in the Army uh, Corps of Cadets at Virginia Tech, a fellow cadet who was getting ready to attempt suicide. Mm. And uh, I couldn't move very well. I was on crutches and there were no cell phones back then. There was just one phone at the end of the hall. There was no way I was going to make it to the end of the hall. And you know, without this guy at least hurting himself, if not dying. Right. Um, when they did the critical incident debrief, because I, I stalled until other people were there and they could handle it, um, they said, you have a talent for this. Go take a psychology course. So I took it as my next uh, elective and fell in love with developmental psych and how humans hardware is built <laughs> over time and mm-hmm. how their software goes in. Um, and that was so much more fascinating to me than engineering. That's so, I, uh, that's so interesting. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know I was going to ask you those questions. They just, after we chatted before the show, I just found myself really curious about what drew you to this. And one of the things that you mentioned when you told that story um, is that it was like breathing to you, but it, but you, it, it didn't necessarily come to the forefront of your mind that you could translate that into work. Um, or a a profession. And so, you know, I see often people are struggling to find work or meaningful work or, or work that's right for them, or they're unhappy in their current work. And I just think that's a wonderful pearl. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not sure about if what you're doing is right for you and you want to make a change and you're not sure what to do, what are you naturally skilled at, good at? What is your you know, superpower, however you would term it, that might be, that might, there might be something there. Sure. And in order to find that, because like I said, it was my air. I just moved through it. I couldn't Mm -hmm. see it. Just like I can't see the color of my eyes. I need a mirror to see the color of my eyes. Ask some folks who know you, what do you think I'm really good at? And they'll give you a list. They won't tell you jobs, but they'll give you a list of, you know, I notice you do this really well, or, you know, whenever we go this way whatever they'll tell you. Yes. As you pick that out, then go looking for, well, what jobs use that? Well, that's kind of how I landed here. The number of times that, you know, people loved my stories and said, you should write a book. Those were the things. Um, Or, you know, I feel so much better after I've talked to you or those kinds of things. When I was sitting, not working, left my job and was sort of deciding, well, what should I do? Like, this is my chance to really maybe do something different. I did. That was kind of what I drew from is my own spirit 
mm-hmm. and my own desires, but also all of that sort of feedback that you get in the course of your life. That's not formal. They're not job coaching you. They're that's not that. They're just like you talked about. It's a mirror that reflects back to you something about you that's unique or special or helpful to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Very cool. Well, okay. So, um, let's talk about friendships. All right. Uh, yeah, let's talk about friendships and let's kind of start with what's special. Um, you're a relationship expert and a conflict expert. And so I'm interested on your take about what is special about friendships, what's important about them and, you know, kind of what they bring uh, to a person's life. Okay. Well, the first place to start then is what is a friend? We use Mm. the word, but what really is a friend? So some qualities that another being in the world uh, can have that demonstrates their friendship are things like being able to set themselves aside for a time to benefit you, Mm. to just pay attention to what's going on with you. Um, They don't need to get their needs met. They don't need to tell their story. They can just be present with you. That's one. They keep your confidences. So if you are vulnerable with them, they don't use that vulnerability against you later. Mm. Right. So you, you feel I can trust you with this story about me that would be embarrassing or shameful or hurtful or was difficult for me. And you won't use it to harm me later. They're willing to connect with your family as well as you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just, I want to have you to myself. It's I'm well, you know, you have a family. I'm willing to connect there. Uh, they listen even when you're repeating yourself for the millionth time. <laughs> you know, we do uh, that. Don't we? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they don't hang things over your head or hold grudges or try to manipulate you. You know, um, they ask for what they want. They have your best interest at heart, even when they tell you, hey, you've got broccoli in your teeth. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, right. It's not meant as an insult. It's meant as a gift. Absolutely. I always tell. And everyone, always tell, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't leave your friend hanging with looking like they're missing a tooth because they got a big piece of spinach on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I mean, I, I recognize that. I do uh-huh. recognize that. Yeah. So, you know, they're reliable. If, if mm-hmm. they say they're going to show up at the pub you know, for a beer, then they're actually there at the pub <laughs> uh, and not ghosting you or leaving you all, all on your lonesomes. Um, bottom line is that quality friendships are supportive, loyal, and emotionally close. So that's how you know someone's a friend rather than an acquaintance or a colleague. Okay. So I'm having this great reaction um, as you were talking about those things and maybe some, some other listeners are too. I don't know. I found myself not thinking, not applying those to my friends, but applying those to myself. Yes. Uh huh. Am I a good friend? Yes, that is exactly. I was listening to you and I was like, oh my gosh. Hmm. Oh, do I do that? Do I? Do I do it enough? Do I, oh my God. Cause I have to say those qualities that you listed, those are dreamy. Those are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Those are all human, mm. right? If we allow ourselves 
We do this all the time. Go hang out with four to eight-year-olds. They do this naturally. <laughs> they really do. Say, say more about that. Um, if you go and watch a preschool group, right, three and four-year-olds, uh, and they're out there on the playground, and one of their friends falls down, they will go and help them. Mm, yes. They'll lift them back up again. They'll encourage them. Yeah. They, they are drawn to people and it's okay in that moment that we were having a, a, a good moment and then they go off and do what they need to do. <laughs> There's not this sense of now you're obligated to me. Okay. And, and the older we get, the more, if I do a nice thing for you, you're obligated to me. And it becomes less of a, a gift of generosity, which is where quality friendship is, than it is a, um, an exchange, a trade. Yes. Yeah, so as, just as you were saying that, I was thinking, ooh, okay. So in the beginning, it is this sort of free, there's a freedom to it. There's a lightness and a freedom to it. Yes. And we're not always, we don't have a balance sheet and we're not judging. Are you the same type of friend to me as I am to you? And we're not necessarily holding on to the past and, and having resentment stick to us and all that stuff. And then as we, you know, get into adulthood and start living our adult lives, there's sometimes a shift into tra a transactional relationship that then is being viewed through a very different lens and potentially that lens could harm an other, you know, what is otherwise a, a wonderful friendship or potentially a wonderful friendship. Correct. Interesting. Okay. We're coming up on, on a break. Um, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and continue this and um, we're going to talk about what happens when you have conflict um, in one of your friendships. We're li you're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and I'm here with Don Azevedo, and we're talking about friendships. And before the break, we were just chatting about sort of the difference between those early childhood friendships that seem a little bit sort of easier to kind of get into and um, they have sort of a more of a, a fun, maybe lighter uh, vibe to them. And then, and then they start to shift as we become adults. And Don was explaining um, that they can sometimes become uh, transactional um, in nature. So let's, let's continue on that thread and talk about kind of adult friendships. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about adult friendships. Well, so um, we tend to associate with people who are similar to ourselves because it's easier to connect, right? We have things that are in common. This is one of the things that makes it so easy as a kid to make friends is because you're thrown into situations for years at a time where you're going to school together, you're playing a sport together, you're doing music together or whatever. uh, And you're, you're sharing these common threads. As adults, we come out and the only common thread we typically have, you know, think about I graduated from college or high school and I've moved to a different city where I don't know anyone. And the only people I have routine contact with are my work colleagues. Right. Right. And, and they may not have enough other interests other than work for us to really be able to connect beyond a working relationship. So how do you then create a close network of ties? Yes. You know? Uh, to do that, you need a couple of different things. You need to first create a life for yourself that you enjoy. Go and do things and know yourself, you know, and how you enjoy the world. Then find groups of people who do similar things. Meetup is a great way to meet those folks. So, uh, and, and it works. You you want to be in photography. So you look up your local meetup photography. They tend to do things. Um, the one in my area tends to schedule, Hey, we're all going to go over here and take pictures of this, like Duke gardens or something. Um, everybody goes and they take pictures and they chat and they have a coffee and maybe a, you know, a Danish or whatever. Uh, and in the chatting find out, Oh, we both like photography and we like this and this and this. And so the relationship comes close in those distant relationships, because that's where it starts, right? With this little distance, this is where our diversity lives because mm. we'll find people who have 
many things that are different from us while still having points of connection so that we can exchange thoughts and ideas. The closer people come in, the more likely it is that we're going to want people who think more like us, who act and behave more like us, who are accepting of us because they are more like us. Mm -hmm. And that narrows the point of view. So it's interesting. This is the downside of having a close friend. This is fascinating to me because I, um, I tend to be drawn to people who are different from me. And it's not as seamless of a process to connect deeply and to stay deeply connected um, as it is with the, the friends that are more like me. Yep. So, and most people don't invite conflict. Mm-hmm. So they'll keep those relationships that they value a little more distant from the heart. Mm. Right? So not as emotionally vulnerable with one another. Which, okay, so let's talk a little bit about emotional vulnerability. Um, and let's talk about that and then also kind of apply that to friendships. Mm-hmm. Because you know, one of the things this was a, in a, this was a business thing. This was in a business book about business. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that it pointed out um, was that invulnerable, my, I have to just call this out. My words are tangled today, everybody. And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Some days your words are tangled. Um, invulnerability is the enemy of trust. Absolutely true. Okay. So if we protect our emotional vulnerability and we keep a bit of a distance there, and that is the enemy of trust, what is the impact then on our relationship and and particularly our friendships or friendships that we're trying to form? So trust is not unilateral, nor is it on off. There are degrees of trust. There are people in my life that I would trust with my car or to fix things, right? There are people in my life that I would trust to come in and advise my business you know, and deal with those things. Folks that would come in a little closer from my business, my personal finance and you know my retirement and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A little closer into that, folks that I will open up to and say, I am troubled. I am troubled in my heart about this or that or the other thing, um, you know, Luckily, my children are adults now, so I'm past kind of the the heavy lifting of raising kids. But early on, you know, I don't have a manual on this particular kid or on kids in general. And I'm a clinical psychologist with a Mm -hmm. whole lot of studies on developmental psychology. The problem is, is all of that group statistics disappears in the face of the individual. Ah, right. They give me probabilities. They'll cover 80% of the variance likely. Uh, but the individual is the individual and I've got to learn that person. And with parenting, I'm the one doing the programming. So if there's bad behavior, it's likely me that's responsible. (laughs) Um, So I need to train differently. And at times my heart would be heavy and there were people that I could turn to with that, with something that was potentially shameful or damaging to me, you know, if it, if it got out in the public that, you know, Dr. Acevedo doesn't know how to parent his own children. Oh my God. What would that, 
if you if you think that someone would confide your personal story that way, you're not going to trust them. Right. If you know that they're going to hold that and they'll actually be a mirror to you and say, Don, there you have broccoli in your teeth around parenting, right? Metaphorically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's the person you go to. You're able to be vulnerable and there's more that you can do. A spouse is a special category of that kind of friend, right? Who yes. is more, hopefully more likely to tell you, you got broccoli in your teeth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hopefully. Um, and to do it in a way that is loving and uplifting, right? Not, you know, you're a terrible slob. You don't brush your teeth enough. You're horrible. But, you know, <laughs> hey, we just had broccoli, man. You got it in your teeth. It's really okay. Do, you, you might want to do something about it, but it's up to you if you're going to do it or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what you hope for from your spouse. But they are close enough. You've allowed them far enough in that they can really help you become the best person you, you could ever be, as well as giving you the gift of witnessing them becoming the best person they can be. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on what you were going to say. I, I was just going to cap that with it comes from the willingness to be vulnerable and the respect and honor to hold carefully the vulnerability given to you. Okay. I, it, 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 Again, you paint, you mean, you paint this beautiful picture of what's possible yes. in a relationship, in a friendship, in your spouse who, or your partner who, in my experience, those have been some of my best friends Yeah, and some of the most heartbreaking pieces of a divorce, which I've had and the end of a long-term partnership, which I've had is that I attempted to be friends and I, I was not able to do that. Um, and so I think I held on in those cases, I held on to the French. That was the last, the last vestige. Like that was the thing that I wanted probably to keep the most after I had grieved the loss of all the other things, because as you describe it, they become I don't know about this term best friend, and I'm curious maybe what you think about it, but um, they really are not for everyone, but for those of us who are able to be with somebody who becomes like what you've described um, is able to be a mirror for us and to help us. I, I know what it was that I, I, that I reacted to um, that made me interrupt you. It was, um, you know, they can help you be, just the the best self, your your best self, and so it just made me reflect again on both people in the friendship, including myself. And so, I think one of the questions I can ask, you know, is, am I being that for someone else? And do I feel, am I experiencing that someone is also being that for me? Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do you be that for someone else? It doesn't have to be when people come and bring you problems, right? Mm. Being vulnerable isn't just when you have a problem. Mm -hmm. It's noticing somebody do something really well, you know, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. you, you might be hanging out um, if you're of parenting age and you have kids and you're hanging out with a bunch of different kids and one of your friends interacts with all of the kids so well that the kids turn and listen. They are more mm -hmm. willing to do 
whatever it is, and you've met those people, say something. Say, wow, I, I really am amazed at your ability to do this. And if you can, make it behaviorally specific. You know, when, when Bobby started to drift off or act out, you drew him back so gently, but firmly. And that was amazing. I don't know that I could do that. Be willing to, to demonstrate to other folks, you saw their competency. You saw their skill. Mm -hmm. What a blessing that is to do. And it's easy. It costs you nothing. And the person has data that they would not have noticed before. So something happened last week, this exact thing happened. And um, my mom and I on Fridays, when I'm here with her in Lincoln City, we go to the pier, Pier 101. Hey, Pier 101. Um, we go to the pier and it's, you know, there's a group of us that show up on Fridays and I've become friendly, you know, with some of them through my mom. And then there's an, there's an additional cast of characters that comes in and out that I would, I would say is more of an acquaintance, you know, they're acquaintances of mine. I'm fairly new. So anyway, um, one of those additional cast of characters came in. It's a couple with an adult son and he came in and had a seat and he's pretty quiet. Um, I've seen him there before. He sits pretty quietly and um, the parents, you know, we interact across the bar um, and um, he had a seizure and he, the adult uh, child, and he went down hard um, off of his uh, bar, bar chair. And I've been around, a, a you know, I ran an inpatient treatment center and I've just had a number of experiences where I've um, assisted people or just supported them through a seizure. So for me, it doesn't upset me. And, you know, I'm usually ready to help if I need help and so forth. So anyway, what I observed is that th these parents, they stood up, they were extremely calm. Mm -hmm. They, in a very calm voice, told everybody what was happening. He's had a seizure. It's okay. Um, it'll take him a while to come out. He, you know, he'll be disoriented. The things that we kind of know, if you have any familiarity with um, a seizure or seizure disorder, you kind of have an idea of, but many people don't. Right. And what I noticed is that the the sort of that spike of stress that happens with people when there's a medical emergency or something outside of kind of the normal range of experience, um, that everybody's energy goes up right? and often people gather and hover and which is often not helpful, right? It's sort of suffocating to yes. the person who's had the seizure. They wake up and all these people are looking at them or the people that are helping the person manage the seizure. They don't really need that help. Right. So I, I just sat and observed this and I watched how the entire restaurant just took their lead. Their energy came down. They went back to what they were doing. They went back to the food after the staff at the, after the staff came out and looked, they didn't feel the need to go call 911 because it was very clear that the situation was in hand. Mm -hmm. And so this all played out and, you know, I just, again, sat and watched and we went back to our chatting and, you know, it was clear that we didn't all want to be staring and, you know, doing all right. that. Cause these are pretty close quarters we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was pleased that they stayed, that his, that he was able to get back up on his chair and that his food came. He, he didn't know exactly where he was or what was going on or what had happened, but he was able to eat his food. And I gave that direct feedback across the bar in a pretty loud voice so, and everybody heard it. And I just said, I just want to say, I watched all that happen. 
you just were you, you the way you handled it was so beautiful everybody took your lead you know you managed the energy i just i just gave that direct feedback and you could see like you could see the impact that that had and then after yeah. when they were leaving the um the gentleman came over and just quietly said you know thank you for saying that because she doesn't really get that kind of feedback yeah and she manages this you know a lot yeah um and even so back to your comment about you know you're you're a clinical psychologist and what if somebody knows you don't know how to do it it took a little bit of extra confidence even mm -hmm. in me okay who's pretty confident with yeah. my words and giving feedback and all that to say that to give that direct feedback and i was so glad that i did it because i could see that it was um value added i guess for lack of a better way to put it yes yeah so what you did is what i call calling out competency so when you see competency, call it out, talk about the effect that it had on you. And the, the most powerful way to do that is behaviorally. You know, what did you do behaviorally? What was the effect that had? And the fact that you admire it, just those three elements. It doesn't take very long, it does take courage, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't take very long. And it is an incredible gift that uplifts another person that helps them see a part of themselves that perhaps they don't see. Right. Well, we don't often, we don't often get direct feedback like that. It It's a bit of yeah. a skill and a practice, and it does take a, a little bit of chutzpah and courage. And, and so we don't often get it. And mm -hmm. it's, I find it incredibly helpful when somebody does just take a moment to give me some feedback about anything, whether it's constructive or, Hey, you did this well, or this really helped me. Any of it is helpful to me. Sure. Practice it at work. It's easy at work. Someone does something for you, delivers it on time, whatever, make the comment. You know, you've just made my life so much easier when you did this and that and the other thing, spread that around work and you know, practice it there. It'll be easier when you go home to practice it. That's a great tip. And I'm just thinking like, give this a try in one of your friendships, like, and see, see what the impact is on your friend. We're coming up on a, on our second break. Um, you're listening to freedom for humans and we'll be right back. Right. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us. Follow us on Instagram at voice America talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and I'm here with Dr. Don Azevedo. And um, we were just chatting on the break. I, I said, uh, you know, sometimes my, my mom will listen to the show and she'll say, oh, I listened to the show and I took a bunch of notes. And um, this show, I always re-listen to the show because I want to listen to it as a listener and s- see what you guys are experiencing. And um, I'm going to l- listen and take some notes. I'm just hearing so many fascinating things for me about friendship. And I my comment to Don was, um, you know, ultimately what it boils down to is I want to be a good friend and I want to have good friends. And then my comment was simple, but not easy. Yes. Yes. Welcome to my world. I share simple (laughs) things. As a matter of fact, my mother-in-law calls me Dr. Obvious Uh, (laughs) because after I talk about something, everyone says, Oh, that's, that was obvious. Yes, it is. And it's really hard to do. Exactly. I'm, I do the exact same thing. I talk about these concepts that seem maybe so, so simple and they are simple in their concept, but they are not easy. They take a tremendous amount of practice, um, almost like a lifetime practice. Definitely a lifetime practice. I mean, it's like, it's very simple to say to someone, there's a hundred pounds on the ground, pick it up over your head. That's easy. (laughs) Doing it. If you start with a hundred pounds, you won't ever get to anything else because you'll break something. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to work up gradually and you have to do it consistently over time. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be meaningful to you. Exactly. Because if it's not, if you're not connected to it in some way, um, it's the difference between, cause you can, you can use discipline for a lot of things, right? Like you can quote discipline yourself into a variety of practices and patterns and stuff like that. But devotion, if you can shift right into being devoted to something, it just brings a sort of a positivity and a meaning and a connectedness that, um, leaves discipline in the dust to me. Absolutely. 
and, and, you know, discipline has its role. I'm disciplined about brushing my teeth, but I'm yes. not devoted. <laughs> I, I want mm-hmm. the outcome. I'd like to have my teeth when I'm 95. Yes. But it's not a devotion. It doesn't, doesn't do something for my heart. It isn't a calling. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then there are things that you need devotion for. Indeed. I mean, there, yes, because there are things in this life that we need, we want, we desire, we want to stick to. It, that does not mean it's easy to do. Right. Wanting right. something, desiring something, plan, even planning for something does not necessarily make it happen. There is this internal light, I guess, that I would call devotion that pushes you through the difficult the, the, the days or weeks or months mm-hmm. when it, doing that thing or things is difficult. Yeah. And you don't have to do everything just because you notice somebody else is devoted to something. That doesn't mean that's what you are called to be devoted right. to. You, know, you have your own set of talents and abilities and experiences that are valuable to yourself and to others. Go with that. Trust yourself. Yes. It's Okay. <laughs> Yes, I totally agree with you. In my um, food recovery program that I was in for a long time, almost 17 years, um, we used to just say, keep your eyes on your own plate. Yes, yeah. Uh, in in the other 12-step programs, you might say, clean up your own side of the street. I mean, there's a few sure. little, yeah, but I, I, I've lived by that um, for a long time because comparison, particularly to another, I mean, any comparison really is a joy killer, but comparison to another person or another person's life. I mean, there's, to me, it is always going to be apples and oranges always. Yep. Absolutely. The only, the only true comparison is to who you were yesterday. Mm. Right. So if you're getting better, even 1% or one thing, right. That comparison makes sense because you're learning from yourself. You're, you're honing, you're iteratively experiencing Mm things. Um, and that makes sense because it's you. It's how do I find the best in me and bring that out? How do I recognize here are my weaknesses and surround myself with people who can help me with those weaknesses mm-hmm. instead of devoting all my energy to becoming something I, I'm not suited to be, right? I, I can make money, but I can't invest money. I don't like it. It's not interesting to me. I'm not going to read about it. I need help there. Mm-hmm. And I have a wonderful financial planner. My wife and I are, you know, love what this man has done with our retirement funds. And I, so I bring his expertise in to support that part of my life. And so I like that you're, I like what you've said there because it's about not, don't hide. Like don't, you don't need to hide anything really. We talked earlier. I think you're, you, the way you explain trust was awesome. And I'm going to go back and listen to that because I want to listen to that again. And so sure, you're maybe not going to tell everybody everything, right? Right. Because what you're saying is this person you tell this to, this person you know you can go to that for. Mm -hmm. So it's not about telling everybody everything necessarily, but it's also not, uh, it's not about hiding. Right. It's about being discerning. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Who has earned the privilege of this sharing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to run out of time without talking about navigating conflict in a friendship. So let's say, um, let's just take something really kind of what I, I don't, I don't shy away from the word normal 
And when I use the word normal or natural, I just mean common, common experience. I'm not saying somebody's normal or abnormal or anything like that. So to me, a normal thing to have happen in a friendship is to get your feelings hurt and to have a resentment Mm -hmm. about it and to carry that resentment. And for that then to lead to um, conflict or potentially sort of that underlying ick that affects what, what we've talked about, which is the the ability to connect and trust and disclose and so forth. So yeah, what, what to do about that? You've gotten your feelings hurt and you find yourself with a resentment um, and you're aiming that resentment. Resentment's really about you, everybody. But in this case, um, you're aiming that resentment at your friend and it's messing up your friendship. What to do? Well, number one, get clear. <laughs> what what happened? What did you interpret? You heard or experienced something and you interpreted it in a particular way and it's giving you this emotion, right? That's the first thing you need to do. The second thing you need to do is bring it to the other person. Hey, Kirsten, you know, the other day when we were talking, you were talking about this and you said these things. And I don't know if you saw that it had this effect on me. And I couldn't tell you at the time because I really didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But after thinking about it, this is how it struck me and how it affected me. Mm-hmm. And stop. <laughs> Don't tell the other person what to do or how to fix it. Offer them the information. Try and do it in a non-blaming way, but in a direct way that says, when you did this, I felt this. You're not responsible for my feelings, Mm -hmm. but that behavior does this for me. And I'm giving you that information. So, okay. So a couple of things there. Um, Well, let me just, let me go with that one. I'm like, oh, I have so many things. Um, So, okay. I'm having a think everyone. That's what having a think sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) um okay i remembered um that i I was telling don also during the break he's he just packs all these things in and i have trouble um grabbing the thing that i want to follow up on because i want to follow up on all of it um so the the first thing is get clear and so I, i love that because when we get when we feel hurt when we feel an emotion particularly an emotion that's kind of unpleasant or that we we label it as unpleasant right Emotions are sensations in the body, but we label them and we tell stories about them. Yep. Um, right. So I think what you're saying in the get clear part is um, what is the narrative that you're creating? Because I think sometimes what happens is let's say we use this example. Somebody says something and it hurts your feelings and potentially one of the, the pieces of the narrative that starts is, well, they must be talking about me. Mm-hmm. They must be talking about me when they said that. And they must mm-hmm. think that about me. And they're just not telling me. Mm-hmm. And well, crap. I didn't know they had those feelings about me. And I wish they would have told me. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how long they've been feeling. Like you can spin up in that narrative for and go miles and miles and miles. But the truth is they they said something and you felt hurt. 
Yes. And, and that's the only truth. Everything else is a creation. Exactly. Everything else is a creation. And so if you do that piece first, I think that is crucial, right? Because when you then step into the, that for many people, that anxiety producing, um, thing that is speaking directly to your friend about, um, the hurt that you've experienced, you are going to want to communicate it in a way that is clear and where you hold accountability for your feelings. Yep. Absolutely. You're not saying that they're responsible for your feelings. You're holding the accountability for your own mm -hmm. feelings. Right. And you're giving them the gift of saying, Hey, if you don't want to generate that feeling in me in the future, you might want to avoid doing this or saying it in a different way or mm -hmm. prepping me. You know? mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's a tons of different ways to solve the problem, but it starts with take responsibility for your own reaction because it's going through your own filters. They didn't live your life. Right. They don't attribute the same meaning to the words that you do. Uh, and we make the, the false assumption that everyone defines the words the same way. Yes. Yes. And it's not true. You have to check it out, particularly if you've felt something strongly about it. Check out. What did you actually mean by that? Yeah, well, right. Ask a clarifying question. Right. Because it could be something completely different from what you, what your, where your narrative is starting to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're very close to the end. I know a quick story with my wife and I early on in our marriage, she used the words, we need to talk. <laughs> and I exploded at her because that was words that my father would use before oh. very bad things would happen. Yep. And what the way that she meant those words is I've done something. And I have to confess it to you. Oh, but you right. thought she was going to tell you, you had done something that you needed to do differently, maybe. Or harm me in some way, because you. that's what I associated with. Those mm -hmm. words meant the next thing that happens was harm. So I already had my defenses up, <laughs> you know, to a thing that didn't actually exist. It was my creation based on my history, my fears, you know, my pain, um, and it had nothing to do with her. She just wanted to confess to me that she broke one of my cooking things. Oh, oh, see there. Oh, well, gosh, we're right. We're right close to the end. Everyone. Um, I could talk to, I mean, we could, we could keep talking forever, but we've got to end the show. Dawn, thank you so much for spending the time today. This has been lovely. And as I mentioned, I'm going to go back and listen. Cause I really, um, you really have given us a, a lot of um, tips and tricks. And real quick, I used Meetup. You mentioned Meetup. And when I yeah. my relationship ended and I was um, building some additional social connections, now the world shut down with COVID um, just a little ways into my Meetup. But I had really, really fun experiences and met interesting people that shared things with me that informed um, some pretty important things that I did later. So I'll kind of leave it at that because, yeah, I just wanted to say, if you're thinking, oh, I want to make new friends, check out Meetup. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Don. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure, Kirsten. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.